Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. Hour two underway. Here on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN 960, I want to remind you to head on over to the App Store, download the ESPN 960 mobile application. You can take us on the go and stream us wherever you go. As long as you have that internet connection, you can take us. So if you get outside the range of the 960 AM dial, you'll be able to find and listen to our show right there on the ESPN 960 app. So head on over to the App Store or the Google Play Store. Download that ESPN 960 mobile application, and you can uh, take us with you on the go. Also, don't forget to download the Valley Sports Talk podcast. If you if you missed any part of hour one of the program, you're going to want to go back and listen to what we had to say. Talked a lot about uh, LeBron James not making the trip to Utah, not playing to, uh, tonight for the Los Angeles Lakers at the Delta Center. Also talked a lot about uh, some BYU basketball, their second half struggles against UCF. And then we talked about the beef between Jalen Carter and uh, 49ers linemen as well. And you'll want to go and catch all of that plus more over on the Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson podcast from hour one of the program. Hour two of the program getting underway. Bryce Larson alongside Jordan Bianucci as he's behind the glass over there. Let's talk a little bit about college football and college basketball as well. A lot of reports coming down on the college football playoff board of managers as they're expected to vote on the 5 plus 7 playoff format. That vote expected to come on the 20th of February. The Pac-12, which has dwindled to Washington State and Oregon State after their drastic conference realignment, has been the lone holdout in the process, asking for time to sort through its legal issues and discuss future college football playoff revenue with the board. Speaking candidly to ESPN on Tuesday about the Pac-12's role in the future format, Washington State President Kirk Schultz, who represents the conference on the board, said the expectation is to hold a vote. He also said, quote, I believe there's a sense of we're hearing you guys out like you asked for. The legal stuff has been largely settled in the Pac-12 conference. It's time to move forward, said Schultz, who spoke favorably of the 5-plus-7 model, but cautioned not to make any assumptions. Mississippi State President 
Mark Keenum, the chair of the College Football Playoff Board of Direct, uh, Managers, told ESPN he anticipates we'll have this issue resolved one way or another. The 5 plus 7 model, you may be wondering, which the commissioners proposed in response to the sweeping realignment that left college athletics with the power conferences, with four power conferences, was presented to the presidents and chancellors in November for their approval. It was discussed again at their annual meeting before the national championship game in Houston. At the time, Schultz asked the board to delay any vote on future football foremans until the Pac-12 was certain about what it wanted to ask for moving forward. So next Tuesday's virtual meeting will give Schultz an opportunity to formally present the league's requested revenue distribution in the next college football playoff. So right now they're getting what five to six million dollars per school during this next college football playoff. Um, the five plus seven model will benefit Washington State and Oregon State more than the initial six plus six model because neither school can qualify for an automatic bid as conference championship in each of the next two seasons. So there, there's a little bit of insight on that one. The Pac-12 and the Mountain West have agreed to a temporary scheduling partnership which Oregon State and Washington State will play at least six Mountain West Conference opponents in 2024. So if you go look at Oregon State and Washington State's schedule for the upcoming season, it's going to largely be Mountain West Conference schools. Now there is Oregon in there. Washington has also agreed to play a game against uh, uh, Washington State. So Oregon, Oregon State still playing. Washington, Washington State still playing early on in the season. And then the rest of the way, you'll have a lot of Mountain West Conference schools. I believe there's one or two other Power 5 schools that have agreed to schedule Oregon State and Washington State. So it's not like they you know, they won't have crazy good schedules. You're going to have a lot of Mountain West Conference schools on the schedule as well. I'm curious to see the biggest difference between their different models, 5 plus 7, 6 plus 6 type of models as well, and how that changes um obviously the conference champion auto bids into it versus the non-conference champion and then you have set, so I believe it's five conference champions plus seven automatic bids or or qualifying bids so whoever's the highest ranked from that point on in the college football playoff rankings would get in and get those bids so it's either six conference champions plus six bids in or five conference champions plus seven bids in and that's what they're going to vote on so i believe the reason why the five plus seven helps out washington and oregon state is because there would be more automatic bids or excuse me qualifying bids i don't know exactly how they define it there would be more opportunities for a non-conference champion to get in that's what it comes down to between the five plus seven Six plus six. They're getting ready to vote on that one coming up on the 20th. And so that's the difference at this point. It also has a lot to do with money. Uh, One option the Pac-12 is considering for its future is a reverse merger with the Mountain West Conference, which would add all of the teams in that league into the Pac-12 without any exit fee. Schultz said if that were to happen, he's not sure how the college football playoff would view the league, which would essentially be a group of five conference with the Power Five label. Jordan Benucci, i got to ask you your thoughts on that. Uh, let me read that one again for you. One option for the Pac-12, considering for its future, is a reverse merger with the Mountain West Conference, 
which would add all of the teams from that league into the Pac-12 without any exit fee. Schultz, who is the president of Washington State University, I may remind you, said that if that were to happen, he's not sure how the college football playoff committee would view the league, which would essentially be a group of five conference with a power five label. I love it. I, I, that's what I was going to bring. That is my, it's not going to happen. I don't think just because the other power five conferences, I say the other, they will fight so hard against that, but that would be awesome. I'm all in on that. That sure is one way to market a group of five conference. (laughs) Yeah. A group of five conference with a power five label. Oh, just because it has the PAC 12 logo on there. Well, then, then the Western Athletic Conference is the most dominant conference in all of college basketball. They're still the best college football conference in the world as well, if that's what we're doing here. Yeah, I, <laughs> no, like I just love that those schools would get in on the Power Five level. That would be fantastic. They wouldn't. They would not compete anytime soon for a you know a win in the college football playoff. But I would just be happy for those schools and for Washington State and Oregon State because they just got screwed, uh, you know, in all of this. None of this matters, though, because in five years, 10, you know, 10 years at the latest, it's going to be sooner. I think everyone's going to merge anyway. You're going to have 50 teams, you know, that are basically division one and then they're just going to play each other. So this this is all going to, you know, they're going to work all this out, and then a year later it's all going to change again anyway. Yeah. it's There's going to be a whole other level of college football that's going to be a semi-professional level where I don't even know if you could call them college athletes anymore. And then you'll have the rest similar to what we have right now with the FBS and the FCS. And so you'll just add another another level of college football. We'll see who gets in, who who's not in. And then the funniest part about this is that the divisions or conferences that they end up going with are going to go back to, hey, you're on the West Coast? Oh, it makes sense for us to play each other because we don't have to travel as far. Genius. Imagine that. It's incredible. What a, what a concept. Bunch of idiots out here, man. <laughs> oh, what man. an idiot! A bunch of fools running college athletics at the moment. One of them, George Klyovkov. Now, you can't blame everything on George Klyovkov, but the Pac-12 trying to distance themselves. They're trying to oust him. There's a little bit of a coup going on inside the Pac-12, the Pac-2. They've both voted to vote out George Klyovkov <laughs> as the conference wow. commissioner. Unanimous. Yeah, they didn't want to stick with him. They didn't want to be like, you know, we're going to see this thing through. This It's been a little rocky, but uh, <laughs> we yeah, like him. We like him. He's really, he has great intentions. What percentage of blame do you place on George Klyovkov for the fall of the Pac-12? Less than 50%. But it's significant in that he was the guy. He could have stopped it as, as far as like the breaking up of it. By signing on the dotted line? Yeah. I mean, he was dealt a horrible hand by Larry Scott. Larry Scott was a disaster. But... How do you say it? Klyovkov? Yeah. Could not see the writing on the wall. I don't think he took, obviously, he didn't take the threats to the conference serious enough. Like, you had to be more proactive. 
and you had to, I don't know, man, what you really had to do was you had to court USC. That's what you had to do. Because without USC, you don't really have a conference. Yeah. So crazy part about that is he had no idea. He had no idea that USC and UCLA were even thinking about leaving. Well, that's his job. That's that's the thing. It's like that's your job to know stuff like that. Yeah. You have to be. And you have to know that it didn't take a genius to be like, we are all like, it doesn't make any sense for them to join the Big Ten, but money. Right. Yeah. As a conference commissioner, you have to. Especially after Oklahoma and Texas made the move. You're like, okay, who else could possibly or potentially make the move? Exactly. Like you have, you, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, yeah, didn't, he didn't do enough. Didn't yeah. do enough. Dealt a bad hand, but uh, yeah. You know, he's kind of the scapegoat. And I, I do want to give some insight on, on this one. He's kind of the scapegoat because he works for these universities and institutions and the president specifically. So he was just doing what the presidents were telling him to do. And I don't think there's enough blame on the Pac-12 group of presidents. That dude down at Arizona State, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, just totally out of it. Um, Taylor Randall at the University of Utah, who worked with a professor at the University of Utah to come to uh, somehow they came to an agreement that the conference was worth closer to $50 million as a conference. That way... When the deal for $30 million with ESPN and Fox was put on the table, they turned their noses up to it as a conference because of this projection given to the conference by Taylor Randall and a you know quote-unquote professor at the University of Utah as well. So George Klafkov, he comes in, he's probably be begging these guys. Guys, I come from the world of television. I know what's going on here. I can only fight off everything for so long. Sign the $30 million deal that keeps the conference intact, right? And then Taylor Randall and I can't remember the dude down at Arizona State. They come into the into the meeting and they say, no, we're worth $50 million and we're not going to sign anything that's less than $50 million. And then when it comes back around to it, they say, oh, this is all Klyovkov's fault. He takes the fall for the whole conference. If you're Klyovkov, look, I, now in retrospect, this is easy to say. But I would have come in and gone, we're going after Texas and Oklahoma. That's what's going to keep this conference alive. I'm not a fan of that, but you had to see some of the writing on the wall. If you bring in Texas and Oklahoma, now you are worth $50 million a year. Um, but again, that's easy to say now. Like when he, when he came in, no one was being like, you know, and, it, and it, it's not like Texas and Oklahoma were really chomping at the bit to get into the back 12 but looking back now you go oh man he really should have gone off gone after some people but i don't think we realized how yeah it's it's easy to look back now for me to say that but at the time usc going to the big 10 was ridiculous you're like that's no they'll never, yeah. like that's insane and it is but again the money so yeah as a conference commissioner, though, you have you kind of have to be ahead of the game there. You have to know that that's a possibility. And like you said, and you have to know that's a possibility so you can bring it to the attention of the university presidents. They don't know. Right. You know, uh, you've you got to really <laughs> come in hot and be like, no, this is going to happen. Yeah. So we can either do this and survive or, you know, yeah, fold up. And then when they left, I don't know, when they left, it just it got worse. He didn't. Again, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on, but it just felt like there wasn't a lot of action. True. 
because I would have, yeah, right away gone after. And I don't know who you go after, but just you got to keep. It just felt like they didn't do anything. Yeah, you got to be proactive. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent with you. And look, this is something that they could have done under Larry Scott as well. This is something they could have done, adding a BYU. I'm not saying BYU saves the conference. I'm saying you could have added multiple different schools who added more value to your conference and a lot more stability as well. And maybe back in 2016, when there were teams trying to get into Power 5 schools, they were applying, they were doing these things. Instead of sticking your nose at at different teams, saying you're not an AAU institution, we don't don't mess with... I was going to say something else. (laughs) We don't mess with uh, other institutions that aren't research institutions. As if that has anything to do with college athletics and keeping a conference together. It's a nice thought. Like, it is, you know, similar universities should be in the same conference. Like, I'm all for that. But that's no longer the world no. we live in. And you, and if you had any bit of foresight, any uh, any possibility of saying, obviously nobody could have seen the Pac-12 just crumbling, and nobody thought that was even a possibility, even after... Everything happened. People were still saying, Klyovkov was still out there saying, no matter which way you slice it, this is, this is exactly what I said. I've seen the numbers. And no matter which way you slice it, there is no way that a Pac-12 team is leaving for the Big 12. Yeah. Enter Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no matter which way you slice it is what he said. Okay, oh, thank God. you. So literally nobody thought anybody was leaving. And, and I would say when there were teams applying to get into the Pac-12, who wanted to be part of your uh, your conference, who wanted to be part of it, who would have added a little bit more stability. And maybe, I'm not saying it does happen, but maybe it keeps USC and UCLA around. If you can go and maybe take a TCU or a Texas Tech or somebody from the Big 12. I don't know about that. I don't know if TCU and Texas Tech, they give you, there's one benefit. It's recruiting in Texas. Beyond that, I don't know if those two schools really add much to your value. The key was you had, and this but is, it's stability. It is, and it the, is. the idea we're we're talking about here is the idea and the the feeling of stability. People want to be part of what we are. Mm. That means that we're gonna, we're more likely to stay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's that idea. The stability though is USC. Is USC football? Yeah, that's what mattered. And I don't know what and I'm it, saying. If you add and you're proactive, maybe you keep them around. That's the whole point of, of doing that back in 2016. I'm going way back. Here. Yeah, I think I mean, we can get it into the weeds. I think if you add those schools, it doesn't add as much value. And now you're splitting more money between them. Yeah. The thing was, though, was this was you don't want to do this. This is terrible. But USC, you had to go to USC basically and be like, look, we get you're bringing in more money than Washington State is. We may give you a bigger piece of the pie. We're open. Yeah. To that. We're open to that discussion. University presidents were like, hell no, that's not happening. Right. But and it's easy for us to say, again, looking back now. But at the time you that's radical, but that may save the conference. Yeah. Probably does save the conference. If you're USC, if they're getting enough money, they're staying. Yeah. It's and, what the West Coast Conference has done for Gonzaga. Uh, you know, they exactly. changed the tournament for them. They they bend over backwards. They do. US yeah. And so if you but if USC stays, everybody's staying. Yeah. No one's leaving. Right. Exactly. And and you, as a conference commissioner, I feel like, yes, that's one of the biggest pieces that fell. But at the same time, even after USC and UCLA leave, oh yeah, you have a $30 million deal on the table. Take it and go after San Diego State. And, these, and, and the one thing 
Like, if you're George Klavkov, I don't know if he was on the side of the university presidents. I don't know if he was trying to just compel them to just sign the damn deal. You are not worth $50 million, and I don't know how some how you could go to some professor. I don't know who it was or what their background was and come up with a $50 million number without USC and UCLA and say, we're not signing anything that's less than $50 million, and then the blame gets put on Klyovkov when really Taylor Randall, that Michael dude down at Arizona State, (laughs) who was talking about the futuristic qualities of Apple TV, my friends, (laughs) go listen to, like, people think that university presidents, which... Granted, they are very smart people. They've done a lot of education. They deal in a lot of theoreticals. Not real life. We're talking theoreticals. That's what a lot of the education uh, sphere is, right? Mm-hmm. Hypotheticals and theoreticals. This is how it should go. Yeah. This is what we should be worth. $50 million and we're not signing because we've got Apple in our back pocket that's very futuristic. Yeah, but do you know what? This is what gets me, too. You know what university presidents mostly do, unfortunately, now? They deal with money. Yeah, they just lobby to get more money. Exactly. They try to get more money. They're just salespeople. I mean, like, that's <laughs> everybody in the universities. It's, it's, a, we could, yeah. Hire, Head coaches are salespeople, exactly, though, it's too. Just, it's not, that's not a great way to live. But, yeah. but yeah, that's what you, what does an athletic director do? I mean, he does a lot. What's his most important job? Getting money. Yep. Which is uh, just, makes you kind of sick that that's what we're at, where we're at fundraisers exactly yeah like seriously um but so you would think the university presidents would have been on top of that yeah you know who would have been on top of it astrid tuminez <laughs> she's a businesswoman there we go she is like tr- it's really yeah. true comes like, from a, a background of you're exactly right of business where you're not dealing with hypotheticals you're dealing with you're either going to sink or sail depending on the decisions that she makes. You better make the right decision. Yeah, which opens her up to criticisms from the other side, absolutely. Yeah. The academic side, and that's fair. But in this situation, like <laughs> someone like her absolutely would have been a huge benefit to the Pac-12. Right. Yeah, man. Again, I like like you said, UCLA and USC leave. Let's just say you lose them there. You got to go after Get somebody in Southern California. Get a presence in Southern California. At least you're you're moving. You're doing something. And at that point... That's when I would look at the big toy, like you said, TCU, Texas, whoever. Yeah. BYU even. Get, SMU. Yeah. Get so, into Texas. Gets, exactly. Because, right, that's when you have to be desperate. And then point. UNLV even. Yeah. Like, when people were talking about, okay, it would be kind of funny, okay, ha, 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 the Big 12 did it, but now look at how people see Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston. They're and just look, part of a Power 5 conference. Yeah, and look at the market. Like, can San Diego, San Diego State right now not a Power 5 program in football? If you join a Power 5 conference and you do start getting some more money, that's a, you have the entire Southern Boom. California market as far as Pac-12 go and recruiting all of that. Same with, with uh, what was the other school we mentioned? Like, same with Texas. And same UNLV? With, UNLV, thank you. UNLV is a great opportunity. I can't believe UNLV didn't get picked up. It's a sleeping giant. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Think about the growth in Las Vegas, and somehow we can't get UNLV. <laughs> like, that's what's always amazed me forever the last 20 years is, how is UNLV not more competitive? <laughs> yeah, who's down there at UNLV that's dropped the ball continually? <laughs> how are you not? How are you not? Seriously, though. How are you not a power team in, in like, 
Where's can re- Sam Boyd? Why is he not pulling some uh, strings behind the scenes there? Where's Tark? Bring Tark back. Tark would Tark would would excel. He would flourish in this environment now. Right. Because everything the NCAA was ticked off with him and was like, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, that's all legal now, man. You do whatever you How want. How mad would you have to be? <laughs> How mad would you be? He turned around and look, look around. This is what I was doing back in the day. Oh. How is this legal now? I know. You'd be so mad. But yeah, but UNLV, you think about being able to recruit to Las Vegas. Like, like that, that can't be that hard. Like, that's always gotten me. Like, how is UNLV not a, a, a threat every year? Yeah. Like they used to be in the Mountain West. Man, they were good in basketball every year. Yep. And now it's San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah. So. Every single year. Also Pac-12, by the way. What happens if you add Gonzaga? Why not add Gonzaga? Like, you have to really think outside the box here. This is going back before they imploded. Right. You do. You have to, like, Gonzaga brings you a ton of value in basketball. It's not football money. We get it. It's something. Yeah, it's proactiveness. Yeah. And that's what, like, it's like the deer in the headlights thing. You get you, you get stuck in a scared situation. It's fight or flight or freeze. And, and they just froze. They didn't do anything. They didn't, they didn't run. They didn't fight. They just sat there and waited for the truck to hit them. Yeah. I'd love to get behind the scenes and find out what really happened. Like yeah. what, what they were trying. Because, you, know, you know, they're not just literally sitting there. They're, like, trying to do something. But they obviously couldn't get on the same page and make a move. True. Yeah, because they thought they were worth $50 million when they should have signed the $30 million contract that was on the table. And then when they, went, when they tried to go back to the drawing table, tried to go back to the negotiation table... ESPN and Fox said, we offered you what we were going to offer you. We're done. And then that's where it went. It all unraveled from there. Now Apple TV scrambling. All that stuff. It's pretty... All that... That whole thing is crazy. I hope there's a documentary. There's oh, That would be the hardest 30 for 30 for ESPN ever. It'd be a great book for an investigative journalist to write. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a long story. Yeah. A and very I, one. A long one that starts back with Larry Scott. Oh, yeah. Starts before that. Starts... Was Larry Scott the commissioner that went after Texas and Oklahoma? That's a great question. I'm I think, not sure. I think he was. Uh, and then because they couldn't get those schools, they went after Utah and Colorado. But That makes sense. Yeah. I think he was. I could be wrong, but that was fascinating. Um, yeah, man. And then they, the whole, I think it started with the Pac-12 network, with oh. that, that whole idea. Huge. huge. And then How just big went was down, that? downhill from there. Just This is why, yeah, you need a book or a big multi-part documentary <laughs> yeah because you we could talk about the pac-12 network forever like a great idea that again you couldn't bring it home not so great no take the money get it on direct tv yeah take what they're get, just take the money because the exposure means more <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right back to the clock here terrible clock management going on this afternoon or this morning, excuse me. That that that's part of the reason. I don't even know what day, what time it is. I, I don't know what's going on over here. We're good. We're fine. Nine thirty in the AM. We definitely need to take a break here. So we're gonna take a break. That was a good discussion on the Pac twelve and college football. On the other side, we're gonna talk about changes to the NCAA tournament and March Madness that could possibly and potentially be on the way on the other side. So stick with us. We're talking some March Madness and NCAA tournament changes. Lots of changes in college athletics right around the corner. Are these ones going to be good ones? Are they going to be bad ones? The NIT already made changes. Let's talk about that and more. Coming up next right here on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN 960. Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. 
Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. Two Valley Sports Talk here on ESPN 960M. Bryce Larson, that is Jordan Binucci behind the glass there. We're live in the Les Schwab Tire Studios. Make sure you head on into any Les Schwab Tire location for your routine car maintenance as well as some winter tires. Still got some winter weather on the way here in the state of Utah, so make sure you head on in to get a new set of tires thrown on your vehicle there at our friend's at Les Schwab Tires. I also want to tell you a little bit about Bowtime Pub and Grub in Vineyard. Make sure you head on into Bowtime Pub and Grub this upcoming weekend. If you're watching some All-Star game festivities, if you're going for some college basketball, whatever you're going for, it's a great atmosphere there at Bowtime, both in Vineyard and the Lehigh location as well. Make sure you head on in there and uh, get some bottomless fries, get some good drinks, have some really, really great food as well. All right, let's talk about some of the changes that might be coming to March Madness and the NCAA tournament. Ross Dellinger was the one to report on this of Yahoo Sports. Ross Dellinger does a great job covering college athletics all around. And here's something uh, that he said. It's dropped yesterday about the future of college sports, an athlete compensation model, the NCAA tournament, the college football playoff. Uh, the commissioners of the ACC and the Big 12, and in the Big 12, along with some others, went into detail about changes coming to college sports as two marquee events, the NCAA basketball tournament and the college football playoff, as we talked about last segment, and how those two events could be changed in the wake of the SEC-Big 10 joint venture. So if those of you that aren't sure what we're talking about here, the SEC and the Big 10 came out and said they're exploring ways that those two can come together jointly and pursue a new way to reign college football. They're trying to push the NCAA out of things because the NCAA, they've gone after Michigan and and Harbaugh. They've gone now after Tennessee and Tennessee Athletics, who are now countersuing the NCAA, saying you can't, you have no power over us and what we've done with NIL. And so now, they, I think Virginia was in there as well. So tons of different schools are now counter-suing the NCAA, and now they're trying to push the NCAA out and say, you no longer have any power um, on us. And now the SEC and the Big Ten have announced a joint venture, and they're coming together, and they're going to explore opportunities to essentially create a league, is what it sounds like. So that's what, that's what this is sparked from. Dellinger continues, the NCAA tournament could very well expand, adding at-large bids. It's in serious discussion. It's been a topic for the last year or so, bantered about, but it has entered into another stage. And the current college football playoff revenue distribution model has in for modifications, and both of these changes are being led by the major conferences, whether it's the Big Ten, SEC, or all of them, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Big 12. They're pushing the NCAA for changes for the NCAA tournament. And the Big Ten and SEC are pushing all the other leagues' changes to college football playoff. And then there's the third part of the story, too. 
and that's a new athlete compensation model the NCAA has been working on, and the SEC and Big Ten is working on separately themselves, and how this model could change the future of college athletics. The one part that I want to uh, hone in on and specify about this report from Ross Dellinger is that NCAA tournament adding at-large bids. Now, a year ago, the announcement was made by the NIT after Utah Valley, North Texas, UAB made that run to the NIT Final Four. They said that no longer will they accept or give out automatic bids for conference champions to the NIT. So regular season conference champions no longer receive automatic bids into the NIT, which essentially means they want 500 level teams from the Big 12, Big 10, SEC to be in the NIT over a Utah Valley regular season conference champion uh, from the WAC. That's pretty much what they came out and said. Now, the NCAA tournament, adding at-large bids might be a great thing. Off the top of your head, you're, oh, great, more teams get in. But then once you look into it just a little bit more, the way that everything's set up, we're not talking about teams like Utah Valley. We're not talking about teams like Southern Utah, Utah Tech, Grand Canyon. We're not talking about Vermont or Richmond. We're talking about 500 Michigan. We're talking about 500 Virginia Tech or below 500 Florida getting in. So they believe that by expanding the tournament, because right now what they're at 64 regular with 68 and the four that get in first four. So by expanding it, they believe that that just essentially what they're looking for is more money. They want to maybe another weekend. I don't know if they could do another weekend, maybe another site somewhere else where they could sell more tickets and get more teams in more TV, more TV and more opportunity to make more coin off of a 500 or sub 500 Virginia Tech and Florida team. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I guess you can do that, but you run the risk of watering down the tournament with, with bad teams. You know what bad teams don't do? They bad teams. Normally they rarely play super entertaining basketball. I, I just, yeah, again, it seems short-sighted. Um, and also we, every day it's the same theme when we talk about college sports, how important is money to these people? Like how greedy can you get? It's the end all be all. It is. Well, you know what? We have a great thing with the NCAA tournament. Let's screw it up because we can make a little more money. We we just don't have enough money. Is the you know it's only if we're only how many billions of dollars? We just don't have enough billion. Let's add another you know million, fifty million, whatever. We're still not covering our costs because we're just spending more. So instead of cutting the costs, maybe maybe we should just find a way to make more. But they are making money. Like they're just making they're making a ton of money. In profits. <laughs> so, I just don't, yeah. Like, it goes to show you that when it comes down to it, a lot of these Power Five, especially the commissioners of the conferences, they don't really care about the sports. That's, that's like, that's down down the list for them. Their priority, number one is money. Number whatever is 
what's what's really good for the game. Because adding more teams to the NCAA tournament it doesn't help college basketball. Sure. It makes, in fact, it makes your regular season, which is suffering right now. No one's super interested in college basketball's regular season. Makes it almost even, useless. Yeah, makes it even less interesting. Yeah, because now you're in the Big Twelve, BYU and Utah. This is probably good for BYU and Utah both. You don't even have to go 500 in conference play, and you're going to make it in in the Big Twelve. Yeah, top ten out of the 14 teams are going to make the postseason tournament because the Big 12 is so great. You know, there's an argument to be made. And listen, when I get that no one's going to agree with me who's in a Power 5 conference on this because they want the money and they want to be in the tournament. Utah Valley's regular season, way more entertaining than a lot of these Power 5 regular seasons. Every game is huge. Well, their playoffs have already started. Well, exactly. The whole season's the playoff, especially with Ken Palm now. Like they gotta they gotta tweak that, but with the whack resume seating system, and I'm I'm not saying that I want every team to get a one or every conference to have one team come get in. Sure, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that the fewer teams that get in, all of a sudden the games become a lot more important. Yeah, and you are sixty four. Te- they already it wasn't always sixty four teams. They, that's a fine number. Like. Already, let's be honest, there are already too many garbage teams getting into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. There are. They're not good teams. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you this. I can't get over the fact that Lenardi has Utah as his last four in right now. They just got swept at home by the Arizona schools. They've, they've gotten swept by Arizona State. Like, I want Utah to get in. It's more interesting when more local teams are in it. But... You're telling me that's a tournament team right now? Right. Come on. It's bad. It's really bad. And it's going to get worse. And I'm watching BYU and I'm going, you're telling me these guys are an eight seed? Or a seven seed? A six seed? A five in Lenardi's. No, are you, they're, they're 500 in conference play. They, they, they almost blew a 13-point lead to UCF at home. That's not a five seed. It shouldn't be. It's, I like quality. You know, not not quantity. And that's another reason. Yeah, I mean, we can go on forever. But uh, like the NIT, uh, that was the one cool <laughs> yeah. thing for small schools. Right. That's a cool thing. No, I think here's the thing. What do we all remember from NCAA tournaments, from March Madness? It's these small Cinderella schools making runs. And are we wrong? Are we are we in the minority that that's what we like most about the tournament? It, I don't think so. Well, it feels that's like why it. So many people watch March Madness. That's what I thought. I whenever I see, I'll tell you this: St. Peter's. Exactly. I get. Listen, here's what the numbers I think tell you: people love upsets in the first few rounds, and then in the final four, they want the blue bloods. That's fair. I disagree with that. I want. I absolutely want St. Peter's in the yeah. Final Four. I loved last year's Final oh, Four. Oh, it was awesome. But but I I get that. But adding more Power Five teams into this into this tournament, it doesn't make it better. And right. I, I guess you're right. I guess it maybe makes it more likely that you have more Power Five teams in the later round. I don't know if that's really even true. But yeah. But yeah, I'm not tuning. When I look at the bracket, and I'm like, ooh, Iowa State and Wisconsin. That's that's what I'm, yes. 
That's appointment television. Uh, no, I'm looking at oh, oh, Vermont's playing. Vermont's playing uh, Purdue. Purdue, absolutely. Virginia's Ooh. got a 16 seed. They're they're a one seed. They got a 16. They could lose. And you're looking at the 16 seed. Anybody who knows college, you go, hey, that's Vermont. They're a good team. Yeah, they're a really good team. That's interesting. Yeah, that's I, really I interesting. hope they put Grand Canyon as a 16. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> would that be hilarious? Uh, <laughs> but but that's what. We love, but the Power Five conferences hate that. They don't want to lose to Vermont or Utah Valley or Grand exactly. Canyon. Yeah, so you just try and close them so out. So just close them out. You can't beat them. I mean, let's get let's tax brass or brass tax. Uh, <laughs> your Utah Valley, you kicked BYU's ass three times. Why yeah, the last five? Yeah, why aren't we playing this year? I don't know. It's weird. Why aren't we playing this year? Or even have a contract for the future. Exactly. Or even talks about a contract for the future. Exactly. And I give BYU radio cr- silence. Yeah. We give and I give BYU a ton of credit for playing those games, like play them, keep playing them, but it's not it. And I get it. It's the way the system is. Is it's not. They all argue it's not great for them. Well, the system is screwed up then, because that's great college basketball, and it, the same within the tournament. That's exact. That's what you said. The moments we remember: Northern Iowa beating Kentucky on a half court shot, like, or could I say Texas? I beg your pardon. Um, and you're, you're going to lose that and which we should have Kyle McDonald on. He could go off on this, but, uh, yeah, you're losing the magic of the NCAA tournament. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Losing the magic of the NCAA tournament is true because no one's going to remember a, no one's going to care about a 500 Michigan team that made a run to the final four. No one's going to remember that they were even 500 that year. Oh, it was just Michigan, Michigan. It was just Virginia tech. And they just happen to have a bad season. So, all right, that's cool. Um, but yeah, no one's going to remember those big time schools who are f- five hundred during the season. They made a run in the NCAA tournament. The teams that we remember is St. Peter's. We remember St. Peter's making that run. We remember um, Florida Gulf Coast when they were throwing that ball all around the court, just absolutely yamming on fools in that NCAA tournament a while ago. We remember these small schools. The Paladins last year, right? Of Furman. (laughs) Furman making a run. How about Princeton, the Princeton Tigers? Yeah. We could go on and on and on. And and it's getting even more fun because these these smaller schools have never been more competitive. Yes, with look, the transfer portal and NIL. Look at the and these bigger conferences are scared, conferences are scared. The, look at the final four, San Diego State and FAU. Yeah. They're like that's a that's an alarm bell for these power 5 conferences. Well, what are we doing? We're not making that cash. Yeah. Why aren't one of our teams in there? Exactly. Yep, and the the big guys are calling down, "Hey, hey, hey. Hey, we're still the SEC. We're still much better than these people. We what? are better than the Western Athletic Conference, we should be getting that money. We can't beat them, but we're better than them. Yes. Yeah, we're not better on the court in when it when it counts. Apparently, we're but we're better by birthright. We deserve the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And now they see with the transfer portal, with Tyon Grant Foster transferring from Kansas to Grand Canyon. Now all of a sudden, they have the most wins in in the country, right there with Purdue. Yeah, these big conferences like. You've already screwed. You've already taken football from all these schools. You've already football is yours. There's you know there's that's it. There's it's just power five. 
you've already taken football for yourself. Why don't you leave, you know, basketball to, you know, let everybody hang out. Maybe don't monopolize the one thing we, the, maybe the most popular thing in college sports. Yeah. Most popular singular event being the right. tournament. Their their grip is loosening on on college athletics. And you're right, on the monopoly, the money that they've made. The SEC and, and Big Ten have made so much money off of this. If they're now all of a sudden not competitive against smaller schools and they continue in, losing, quote-unquote, embarrassingly to these smaller schools, oh, man, it's all over. There goes all the money. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive? All of our money's out the door. Yeah, it goes back to how much more money do you need? <laughs> they have all the money in the world. And that is why they're trying to move away from the NCAA and create a, a whole different division. Because they can see where it's going. That's why Nick Saban's stepping away from the sport of college football. That's why these guys, these old school dudes who had the monopoly on the sport, who could dominate, Dabo, all these dudes are starting to get worried about it. Oh, no, 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 not NIL. Not Transfer Portal. Tyler. That's the only way that Tyler and Spartanburg could hold that (laughs) over me. (laughs) Uh, It's true. It's true. Uh and it's a, it's just a bummer, uh, you know. We say it every day, like, I already have pro sports. I don't need my college sports to be pro sports. And I'm not talking about paying the players. The players should get paid. They're bringing in billions of dollars. But I don't need the same model as pro sports. Exactly. And that's what makes college sports so different. If they're just going to go to a professional model and it's just going to be the same as the NFL, why would I want to watch a worse product that's not as good as the NFL. Like those other dudes are professional players. Yeah. Uh, why would I want to watch a lower quality product in college football and the Big Ten and the SEC when I could just watch the NFL on Sundays? Exactly. And that's. I hope it ruins them. I hope they lose all their money. I hope. Uh, and I feel bad for the kids that are planning on going to Ohio State and LSU and Alabama. But I hope it ruins their product and then and that their football is never the same. And that the teams that decided to go back to amateurism. And maybe there's FCS schools. Maybe North Dakota makes a rise. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe the amateur people gravitate back to the amateur sports because there's actually, like, oh, tradition. Tradition and a sense of familiarity mm-hmm. cheering for those schools rather than we're just in it for the money and we're going to try and rival the NFL. You're never going to be able to rival the NFL. No. The ju- NFL junior doesn't sound great to me. Like, that doesn't move the needle. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, every day, man, every day, it's just, what else can they take from? Literally. Yeah. What what, what isn't theirs? Oh, we want that too. Absolutely. All right, final thing before we wrap this bad boy up, back to the NBA. Um, I don't know if you heard this, Jordan. I don't know how excited this makes you sound or makes you because uh, obviously it didn't happen. It didn't go through. But the Warriors, they made a bid for LeBron James at the trade deadline. You hear about this? Yeah. You see this story? Yeah. I wonder who they offered. Like, how many Kaminga? Who, I mean, who else? You have to offer some real, real talent. Ah, oh, man. I don't know. I mean, look, you get LeBron James, all of a sudden you're a title contender again. So I can't say I'm totally against it, but you're absolutely mortgaging your entire future <laughs> yeah. for a year with LeBron. So I'm not wild about it. Um, I'll, I'm, I'll tell you this, though. The Warriors are playing really well right now. 
all of a sudden they're actually fun to watch and they're winning a lot of basketball games. So that's what I'm I'm doing tonight. I got Jazz, I got Lakers Jazz and then Warriors Clippers. Two should be two really good games. Yeah, the really interesting thing about the Warriors is, is that they've been competitive all season long. They just haven't been able to put it together and actually win games. Ever since Green came back from the suspension, they're playing really well. Yeah. So something changed. And speaking of Draymond Green, someone was complaining about him last yeah, night. what's his name from Phoenix? Got slapped by him. Yeah. I don't know why. He was. He, was, he said that the <laughs> suspension didn't do anything to him. Yeah, he didn't, didn't change learn anything. anything. Like, no way. Like, you, well, no way, really? Yeah, I'm like, he didn't punch you, so it did something. Draymond Green didn't learn anything from a suspension. You're telling me that he learned something. <laughs> he didn't get thrown out. So that's shocking he, he to me. Yeah, he didn't slap anybody. So no, no chokeholds. Yeah, so it, somehow it worked. All right, so far. All right, we'll see. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. It's a great show. Great show. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Yes, just a reminder, it is Valentine's Day. So if you didn't do anything, you better you better get to it. It's Valentine's Day today. And also the Bob Marley movie's out. We'll tell you how it goes. We'll tell you what it was like coming back tomorrow. Same time, same place, same spot. Valley Sports Talk right here on ESPN 960.